What's up, guys? This is Impact on Purpose. Change your home and your dome by making powerful choices and loving others well. We hope you enjoy the episode. And remember, brace for impact. So I already said the title, and I won't say it again too much because I might say it too loud every time I say it. But let's get started. My whole life, as you can tell, uh, I have moved quickly. Uh, I talk fast. I walk fast. In fact, I don't walk. I run. I don't walk, right? Tunkles don't walk for some reason. Um, so I, I just decided that my life was going to be productive in ways that I could compare against other people, right? I boasted in how fast I could do things, how productively I could do things, um, how quickly I could finish a job, how much I could run, how fast I could whatever. Whatever competition that involved speed, I was in for it. Um, I was intolerant of slowness in any way, right? So I didn't like walking. I definitely didn't like calling walking an exercise. Come on. Um, I definitely, I didn't even walk in college at all outside. I never walked. Um, I, I don't know, this is weird, but I ran from my dorm to my class, and then from the class to the cafeteria, cafeteria to the class. When I got tired of doing that, I brought rollerblades. Yes, it was that nerdy. I brought rollerblades to college. Then I got faster, right? I rollerbladed from class to class to class, and then eventually I brought my car and decided I was just going to drive fast everywhere, right? And as Long Islanders, we kind of understand that, at least to an extent, maybe not to the extreme that I took it. Um, but uh, I went to school in the South, so I was intolerant of slowness of every kind. People talked slower than me. They walked slower than me. They moved slower than me. We, as percussionists, as a music major, we moved our stuff all the time. And I ended up moving like two-thirds of the stuff all the time, more than the 13 other guys that were moving, because I was just gah, crazy like that all the time. Um, and that all changed on the day that Emily told me I was going to be a father. And I might cry during this, so I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> so on the day that Emily... Uh, told me I was going to be a father. Um, God just ripped open my heart and showed me that speed was not going to be the answer. Wow, I'm going to cry. Uh, speed was not going to be the answer for le leading my family well, for raising a daughter, for loving my wife well. In fact, speed was not the answer to any of my problems, um, although I had thought it was. Um, so, hence the title today. Uh, this, this is really about me being so surprised um, at things that I've learned in this last year of just finding out and, and becoming a father to my beautiful daughter, Karis. Oh. So God told me in that, in that moment and in that, the following weeks after that um, that the life of speed and hurry that I was living actually was keeping me from pursuing him. Um, and again, that shocked me uh, to all extents because I thought, I could work for God by hurrying and by overproducing, right? I could, I could become a leader faster than other people. I could lead groups, right, at a younger age, which I did. Um, but it was actually all those things that, was ke that were keeping me from following him, um, which, is, which was shocking to hear and is still shocking to say. Uh, and yet, let's think about hurry, right? Hurry is not a fruit of the Spirit, right? It's not in that list, I'm pretty sure. Uh, it's, and efficiency is not one of the apex gifts, right? Apostle, prophet, efficient, no. Manager, no. Okay. Um, so, so God invited me, and I know I'm talking fast. That's because I'm nervous, not because I'm hurrying, I promise. Uh, <laughs> so God, has, God invited me in this journey to pursue him through eliminating hurry and through investing in the spiritual practices of Jesus. And we'll talk about 
the spiritual practices a little bit later, but let's, uh, let's talk about um, the hurry part first. So throw up this next slide. Oh, hey, look. Nice job, Amy. Awesome. Um, so this, I apologize. This is my inner elementary teacher coming out. There's a lot of clip art involved, um, and you're just going to have to deal with it. So here's a little history lesson as I build up some tension for hurry, right? In 200 BC, the sundial was created, right? Humanity rejoices. We can now keep time. Yet one of the philosophers, one of the famous philosophers of that time was remarked, um, was recorded cursing the person who invented the sundial because he said, why has my day been chopped up into pieces like this? Right? Weird comment for us looking back. Okay, he's just weird. Moving on. Fast forward to 1370. The first public clock tower was uh, erected in Germany. Right? This is a huge step for mankind. We can now um, function on the same schedule as everyone who can see the clock. Right? That's a pretty significant step. And they're all pushing us towards progress. Right. The next invention that's significant here, the light bulb in 1879. Is that wrong? That the, the date's right. Okay. Um, Thomas Edison, we, we consider him the, the chief of all inventors, basically, in human society, right? The ability to work and live uh, even when there's no light outside, right? Really, really significant invention. Um, one more before I make my point, hopefully. In the 1950s, we see all these labor-saving technologies, right? The toaster, the microwave, all the weirder stuff that didn't make it to the 2000s from the 50s. Um, so much so, so many saving and productivity devices that by the 60s, um, a Senate subcommittee predicted that by now, we would be working a 20-hour work week. Ha, huh, yeah. Um, I guess they couldn't have been more wrong because we're currently, besides France, we're currently working more than any generation of the world ever has. Um, that's a little scary, hopefully, if you hear that. Um, the internet, of course, was invented in the 70s, gave us the ability to be connected, blah, blah, blah. We know this stuff. The iPhone, and of course, today, right? Today we have the ability to work at any time of day with anybody around the world and have all information at our disposal at a whim, right, as, at a click of a button, right? Everything's available and even in our pocket. We don't even have to go somewhere to get that stuff. Um, and so each of these advance, advancements looks good and it has helped us to achieve productivity as a race. Um, but it has also driven us in only one direction and that direction has been speed or hurry, right? While each of these things have had such a good, um, a, a good side to them, they also come with a cost. Right? The clock allowed us to unite, but it also constricted all of us to a schedule, uh, and so on. Uh, so let's, uh, hold on, don't go to the next slide, uh, whatever, it's okay. Um, so it's actually a human condition that we've been diagnosed with uh, by psychologists. It's called hurry sickness, okay? And I think you'll all, now that we can go to the next slide, I think you'll all realize some of these symptoms that you and I have all the time. What are they? Irritability, <laughs> hypersensitivity, restlessness. Workaholism, emotional numbness, out-of-order priorities, lack of care for your body. This is the big one for me, this next one. Escaping reality through addiction to, uh, through, escaping reality through and addiction to screens and substances. And of course, feeling disconnected from God, others, and your own soul. Our generation has never been more disconnected than we are now from other people, not just because of COVID, but from technology also. Um, it is weird, by the way. I know Doyle remarks every week about the masks. It is very weird to see everyone just half a face. 
I uh, just had to say that. So let's, let's look at this, the one that I put in all caps for a second. Escaping reality through an addiction to screens and substances. All right, this is something that we know, or at least we have an inkling, that all of humanity, or all of Western culture at least, deals with right, in some way. Um, in fact, let's talk about one of the most popular ways that we spend time um, escaping reality. Social media. Hit the next slide. So this is a quote from Facebook's first president. I'll explain my beautiful drawing in a second. Um, this quote says, I guess I should pull it up. It's a social, this is about Facebook, right? It's, or social media in general. It's a social validation feedback loop. Exactly the kind of thing that a hacker like myself would come up with because you're exploiting a vulnerability in human psychology, right? Um, why is that goldfish there? Does anyone know? That is a goldfish. I know the artist rendering is uh, a little, little troubled, but um, why is that goldfish there? Because we have a shorter attention span than a goldfish now. As of 2019, humans have less ability to focus on one thing than a goldfish does. Eight seconds. Eight seconds is our ability as humans to focus on one thing. What? See, I even wrote it there. Wait, what? How is that even possible? How have we, how? How is a goldfish beating us in the ability to focus on one thing? That just, I can't fathom that that's true, and yet, here we are. Um, so, before we go on, social media, I'm just going to, this is a little bit, this is a side, an aside here. Um, we don't really consider how social media works very often, right? We think that uh, it works for us. It was created for us as the user. Uh, we're the customer, and Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, they're the uh, business that we buy from. And yet, we don't, we don't buy anything from them. Do we buy anything from them? No, in fact, we don't pay them. Someone else pays them, and those people that pay them are other businesses that are paying for ad time and our attention. So, in fact, we are not the customers of social media. We're the product. We're the commodity being traded. Our time, our attention is the thing that's being traded by companies and social media companies. Uh, and anytime humans are referred to as products, I think we can all agree that something very bad is, is happening. Um, okay, that was my aside. Does anyone know what that number means? Oh, I, I changed the slide on my computer but didn't change it up here because I don't have that power. Does anyone know what that number means? 115 is the amount of days per year that Americans spend looking at a screen. That is one-third of our entire life. That includes the hours we sleep. One-third of our entire life as Americans is spent looking at a screen. All right, and there are some more details down there. If you can see that small, good for you. You have good eyesight. I don't, so I'll tell you them anyway. Uh, Americans can touch our phones up to 2,600 times a day. We watch our phones for two and a half hours a day, and we watch TV for three and a half hours a day. Whew! Again, the title of the sermon is applicable to these statistics. Um, so why is the question that obviously this leads us to. Why, do we start, why are we doing all these things? Why is our society going in this direction? Um, well, that's a good question. Why don't we even hear about this? Well, we don't hear about it because, like I said, we're, we're products, so the products don't need to be informed of what, why they're being traded, right? We do, you don't tell your banana why it's going to another person when you... You don't give someone with a banana. That's weird. Never mind. You don't... You don't nah, it's not even worth going into that analogy at all. Uh, <laughs> So we are born into this system and this culture of hurry, right? And it's taught us to choose work 
over, over family, over our relationships, over other priorities, right? It's trained us to um, look for, oh, that's okay, it's gone. Look for this cheap rest of screen time, right? Because the harder we work, the more desperate we are for a break from that work. Right? So we, we will take the cheapest and most convenient thing we can possibly find, which is, of course, a screen. Right? If you have an option between doing something and something involving a screen, chances are you're going to pick the screen. If you give your kids an option right, between something and something with a screen, the choice is easy right? because it's an easy form of rest. I'm not even going to call that all the way rest. Right? I'm going to put that in air quotes. So it takes intentionality to live outside of what's convenient. That's what God taught me um, in, that, in that moment, in that time of, of realizing that I was going to have to be intentional with my thoughts, with my actions, and with my plans in order to lead my family well, to love my wife well, and to live in relationship with him. So my goal here is, is really just to share that journey with you. Um, it's not to tell you what to do. I'm just going to let God challenge you in any way that he sees fit. So the rest of what we're talking about today is just the journey that I've been a part of, and I'm... I'm welcoming you to be challenged by God in that. So, um, give me the next slide. This is the quote that all of what I just said is building to. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your lives. Hurry is the great enemy of spirituality today. Okay, if you don't like this guy, who, by the way, very famous theologian, he's, he's passed now, but you should look him up, Dallas Willard, very cool guy. Throw the next slide up there. This is what Paul says. Look carefully then how you walk, not as, wise, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Okay, so Paul says it even more drastically than Dallas Willard does. He doesn't say it's just an enemy. He says, make the best use of your time because the days are evil. So that leads us to the questions that, uh, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say too many words. That leads us to our, some questions we can ask. Right? Can we bear the fruit of the Spirit and have hurry? Can we walk in hurry and have joy? Can we walk in hurry and be humble? No, because hurrying is saying that what you want is more important than everything else, right? We, can we walk in hurry and gentleness? Probably not. Uh, can we walk in hurry and patience? I think that's, that would be the most obvious no. Let's just sum it all up. Can we walk in hurry and love? Let's make it more practical, right? Um, we are, you're hurrying out of the house, right? You're late for a flight, right? And of course, your spouse or kid who is always late is making the family late. You're going to miss your flight. It's going to be gone without you, right? So you packed, you've been sitting in the car steaming for two minutes, right, because you're already late, you walk back inside and you say something. Is that something loving or is it out of hurry? Is that something loving and gentle or is it harsh, blunt, drastic, maybe offensive, <laughs> maybe an, expl- an expletive of some kind? <laughs> um, for me, I think the answer is that it's, it's usually a fruit of hurry. So, That's how hurry can affect our relationships. Think of it even more practically than that, right? Think of my relationship with Emily. If I was to hurry all of the time that I spend with Emily, what would that do to our relationship, right? If I was to uh, talk to her in a hurry, if I was to expect her to hurry with me, if I was to sit in a conversation and rush her through what she had to say because I have better things to do, how would that affect our relationship? 
would not be good for me. That's the answer to that. Go to the next slide. Here, here are three questions that will lead us into the spiritual practices. So how will we spend our time? Maybe more importantly than that, did Jesus hurry? Hmm, we'll find out in a second. And can we follow Jesus in a hurry? Well, we already said that the fruits of the Spirit and hurry don't mix, so that's uh, not great evidence to support a yes there. Um, let's see. We already talked about not being able to love and speak in love while we're in a hurry. And then the answer to this question for me, did Jesus hurry? The answer is no. If we see, if we look at Jesus in the Gospels, he wasn't late, he didn't run, he didn't rush people through conversations. It seems like the evidence is overwhelming. 